0: Strongsville Christian Church, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Um, there was a MS he has sent up, me to Lord, heal Facebook. the, the broken hearted and to preach deliverance. Yes. To the Let no man deceive you and recovering of sight by any means, for the day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. Christian Church. I'd like to welcome everyone to Strongsville Christian Church. So I want to talk to you today about deliverance to the captives. The first point I want to share with you is false Christians try to replace deliverance with false doctrine amen false doctrine basically that means false teachings all right and um for there are a lot of uh, pastors there are a lot of christians who they've never experienced deliverance from their own life there are a lot of Christians that have been bound and they're struggling with addictions and they might be have a form of religion, but they deny the power thereof. They might have a form of godliness, but they deny the power of the Whereas in me, I don't know if I have a form of godliness or not, but I know that there's power in the blood of Jesus. I know that there's power in the word of God because God has delivered me from areas in my life. So because I believe in deliverance, because I believe in healing, because I believe that God has the power to break the strongest addictions, I don't need to twist the scriptures to embrace people who are prisoners of war. And this is what they're doing right now with the teachings. They're saying, um, uh, they're saying, you know, once saved, always saved. And if you're bound and delivered, you can still go to heaven and you don't need to get free. God just loves you with you being strung out. And, God, and that's true. He does love you, but he's able to deliver you. He's able to set you free. And there are some folks that they only have uh, doctrines, they only have teachings, and they only have uh, this theological degree, but they don't have any personal deliverance to support the word of God. So what they do is they twist the scriptures and by doing that, they're enabling people to be captives. They're embracing their bondage. They're comforting people in their addictions rather than preaching deliverance from their uh, addictions. See, God has the power to break and destroy all yokes. See, the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is. There's liberty. And so this is what I'm gonna stand on even in 2021. And here's the thing, folks, people need delivered from all kinds of things. You might not be smoking crack. You might not be shooting up heroin, but you might need to be delivered from fear. You might need to be delivered from pride. You might need to be delivered from self, whatever it is. The devil doesn't care what it is that he has you captive with. As long as he has you captive, as long as he can steal your joy, as long as he can steal your peace, as long as he can discourage you and that which he has you captive, he don't care what it is. He don't care whether you're in a federal prison, a state prison, a city prison. He don't care if you're doing work service. As long as he has you captive, he's happy with that. And i got to tell you, there are uh, some teachings out there that they, they make my stomach turn. And, and, and instead of telling people that they can get delivered... They want to comfort them in their prison. See I've done prison ministry to the glory of God for 16 years. And I didn't go up to those prisons in jail and say, you know what, you're in prison. That's okay. You belong here. You belong in this prison. Just feel good that you're in prison. Feel good that you're locked up. Feel good that you have no freedom. Feel good that you can't visit your kids and you can't visit your family and you're going to spend Christmas and New Year's and and Resurrection Sunday in prison. Feel good that you're in prison. Uh, You're in jail. You're locked up. There's no hope for you. Just embrace. See, that's what the preachers do. It may not sound exactly like that, but when they don't preach deliverance, that's what they're doing. They're putting more chains on people by telling them that they can't get delivered. And so when they never, they don't, there are folks right now, they don't believe in deliverance. They don't believe that God has the power to break the addiction of crack cocaine, to break the addiction of alcohol, to break the addiction of lust, to break the addiction of fear. And God has the power to deliver from sickness. I don't care what that sickness is, COVID, uh, whatever it is, God has the power to destroy that sickness he has that same power and he has a lot of met different methods of delivering his people God can straight deliver off of the preaching God can use his children to lay hands and the Bible says that the sick will recover amen I still stand on that I have not changed I have not changed false Christians try to replace deliverance with false doctrines. 1 Timothy 4.1, it says, look at what it says. It says, now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, how many know that we are in the latter times right now? We're in the latter times. That in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith. This is what is happening right now. People are departing from the faith. You can see that this whole last year, it's been a trying time. It's been a trying time for the church. It's separating those who really have faith and those who don't. Those who are going to go with the ways of the world and those who are going to stand on the word of God. Those who believe that God is a healer and those who don't. Who are going to trust more in man than in God. See, right now it is separating, it's proving who is who. But I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter which side you're on. God is able to uh, deliver prisoners of war. He is able to set the captives free. He is able to take back what the enemy has stolen and bring them back into the camp of God. In the history, there have been types of wars where uh, American soldiers have been prisoners of war and they were brutally uh, misused and abused by the enemy. They were starved. They were tortured. They were whipped. They were beaten. They were shamed. They were humiliated. And our country set in soldiers to go out against the enemies and take back the prisoners of war. Amen? And then for the missing in action, they have something called AWOL. Amen? <laughs> if for whatever reason you don't want to participate in the war and you want to run away, especially when the draft goes out and you're cold, uh, they, they put you on AWOL. You get a warrant for your arrest. Amen. And when you get pulled over because you don't want to fight the war, they arrest you. And they'll put you in prison because you see, do we have to go AWOL for God? Do we have to be missing in action? See, when David went missing in action, he got caught up with Bathsheba. God wants us to be on the front line. They talk about the front line nurses, right? The front line workers. Pastors are front line workers. Amen? On that note, we'd like to greet uh, Pastor Eric here and his uh, family and his friends that came with him. We thank God for them being uh, with us today. We bless and honor the men of God. Amen? The man of God. We can't force deliverance, but present it through Jesus as the best option. Amen? We don't have the power. See, look, here's the thing. I can uh, call someone up here, I can grab oil, I can cast the devil out of someone, amen? I can pray for deliverance, but I don't have the power to change someone's heart. Do you see that? See, when I did jail ministry, I can't force those inmates to change. The only thing that I can do is I can present to them that God has a better way. And if they want to change, I'll cast the devil out. If they want to get delivered, I'll pray for deliverance. But I can't force them to want what they don't want. I don't have that power. In fact, God doesn't even operate that way. God doesn't force people to change. He allows them to run their course. If they want to stay bound. That's why a lot of times before Jesus healed someone or he cast out a devil or he delivered them or he healed them of sickness, he would ask them, He would ask them the question, do you want, do you? Now, now we know that God wants us to be delivered. We know that God wants us to be healed. But the question is, do you want to be made whole? Because he recognized that not everyone wanted to be delivered. Some people are comfortable with their captivity. i got to tell you, over the 16 years that I've done prison ministry, there are people who genuinely gave up on themselves. They become institutionalized, which means that they've given up all hope from being free, and they just wanted to be locked up. There was a story about it on Shawshank Redemption, the movie, when the guy spent so many uh, years, most of his life, the, the older uh, white guy with the little bird, he spent most of his life in jail. When they released him, he committed suicide because he was institutionalized. He, he was so used to being bound. He was so used to being a prisoner that he didn't know how to handle freedom. He didn't know how to handle being delivered. He didn't know how to handle being set free. See, folks, we don't need to be like that. I, I can't force you. I can't force you to be delivered. That's not my goal. But what I can do is I could testify how God delivered me, how God changed me, who He took a wretch undone like me, and He changed me. I used to be an atheist. I was a criminal. And God changed me, molded me. He's still working on me now, but He's delivered me brought me a whole way so now that i've experienced deliverance i want folks to have the same thing amen i want folks to have the same thing today in 2021 there is deliverance available god knows what it is that you're struggling with folks everyone see that's the beauty and the glamour of going to church is that you're going to church the fact that you're going to church takes humility some folks believe that they're never going to change, so they don't even try. They don't even go to church. But it takes a lot of humility just to walk through the doors. And it takes more humility to confess that you need deliverance from something. God knows what it is. And all I can do today is present that God has a better way. He has a way of freedom. He has the ability through the power of the Holy Spirit for you to be totally whole totally delivered, totally set free. And that way is not going to happen through your own strength. It's not going to happen through your own might. It's not going to happen through your own intelligence. It's going to happen through the power of Jesus, through the blood of the Lamb. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2, 4, 2.25, it says in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. See, there are a lot of folks out there right now that they are opposing themselves. Do you understand what that means to oppose yourself? That means that you are your own worst enemy. That's what it means when you oppose yourself. See, it's one thing when you have other people coming against you. It's a difference when you are your own worst enemy. See, I, I get concerned when folks tell me, uh, I've, all, I've heard, you know, as a pastor, I've heard people say things over the years. And I'll hear people come to me and they'll say, I was always a Christian. You ever heard someone say that? I was always a Christian. Basically, what they're saying is they never experience a conversion. They never experience a delivery. Because, folks, the Bible says all are with, are with sin. All have sinned and fallen short from the glory of God. So a lot of times sin leads to addiction. Sin leads to captivity. And if you're telling me you've always been a Christian, then you're telling me that you've never been delivered from anything. You're telling me that you're 100% perfect like Jesus walking on earth. Folks, I've experienced deliverance. I've experienced it. And, and, And I get it. Not everyone needs delivered from crack cocaine. I understand that. Not everyone's a heroin addict. Not everyone needs to be delivered from prostitution. But what is it in your life that has you bound? What is it that is uh, taking you away from the things of God? That is something that you can use deliverance from. And the Bible says in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. So in other words, when I know someone is delivered from something, my goal is not to uh, grab the Bible and beat them over the head with the Bible and shame them and and condemn them and and make them feel worse. No, that's not my goal. My goal is to operate through meekness, which means gentleness and humility. Amen. Amen. And see, a soft word turns away wrath. See, sometimes you could say the right thing, but say it in the wrong way. See, God has a right way for us to deliver his word in a way where folks get hungry for it. They get greedy for his word. Apostle Paul said, I was addicted. He used the word addicted. I only saw the word addicted being used one time in the Bible, and it was Apostle Paul said that I am addicted to the gospel and I learned one thing that in order to get delivered you need to replace that bondage with something else and you cannot do it because a lot of times what people do is they change one captivity for another okay they they got out of county jail they got free from the county jail they got delivered from the county jail but now they're going to federal prison yippee skippy. You see, and that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to change one problem with another. Jesus has the ability to make us whole. Amen. It says, Meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. If God pre will give them repentance to acknowledging of the truth. See, this is the beginning of being delivered is Repentance. Amen? And that is a choice. God has given us free will. Remember, I don't care if you have every horde of hell on your back. I don't care if every devil that ever was created is attacking you all at one time. First of all, I want to say none of you are that important, that the devil is going to use all his resources just on you. But we might feel that way. We might feel like the devil uh, singled us out out of everyone in the planet. We are the most threatening one to him, and he released all the hordes of hell to, to hoard us down. That ain't true. The devil ain't stunting you like that, amen? But, but you might feel that way. But even if that was the case, God never gave the devil the power to take away our free will. And if you read the scriptures, you will see the man who literally had a legion of demons on his own. He initiated the deliverance to Jesus. Jesus didn't call him out. He came up to Jesus and said, are thou the son of God? Have you come here to torment me before the time? See, Jesus didn't go running after... release demon possessed people they came to him so that tells me even with a legion of demons you still have free will and you're still able to get delivered so what does that tell me folks we have no excuse if we're bound that's because we want to be bound if we're messed up it's because we like being messed up amen like a pig returns back to the mud we like the mud amen (laughs) like a dog returns back to the vomit amen it didn't work the first time let's try it again but I gotta tell you right here, folks, God Jesus Christ has a better way. He has a better way. And I'm gonna tell you, I love freedom. It is sweet. You know, you, you eat prison food for, for 10 years. It's the same old food, amen. But when you get released and you go out into the real world and you bite into that first big mac. <clears throat> I don't know what I'm saying. 1 Timothy 2.25, it says, In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if preadventure God give them repentance and acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who have taken captive by him at his will. Amen. So the Bible is saying that we're able to get delivered through repentance. Amen. And and, and us as ministers, it's our job to give them the knowledge of the truth. That what is the knowledge of truth is that Jesus died on the cross for the sins so that we could be forgiven. But not only so that we could be forgiven, but also so that we could be delivered. God doesn't want us not only forgiven, he wants us forgiven and delivered. He doesn't want us forgiven and lukewarm. He wants us forgiven and on fire. And you can't be on fire when you're bound by the enemy. When God's anointing is in the preaching, miracles and deliverance happen. Amen. Amen. You know, I was listening to a, a, a church just recently. It was out in California. And this pastor that was preaching, it was good preaching. It was super feel-good, super sugary, super watered-down, super feel-good, and it was good. I'm, I, I'm just saying what it is. It was still good, but it would have been more appropriate. He was preaching for the adult main service. It would have been perfect if they would have sat that pastor down and, and put him over a children's ministry. Because that's the way that he was talking to the church, uh, like little kids. It was like, you know, don't want to offend anyone, no conviction at all, no power, no deliverance. It was all just feel-good, uh, romper-room type of preaching, which is fine. That's, we, we need that over the children's church. Not for grown men, amen. Grown women, amen. We need the truth, amen. We need power, we need the anointing, amen. But if you got two, three year olds, what do they need to be delivered from? Daffy Duck? What, you see what I'm mean? saying? Yeah, preach that. Keep it, just put it in its proper place, amen. There's, a, there's, there's an area where we need that type of preaching, amen. Yeah, the two-year-old uh, walks into the church like, oh, man, man, I'm really strung out on these uh, candy canes, amen. I, I need deliverance, amen. <laughs> what does a two-year-old have problems with? You know, uh, a girl kissed me on the cheek the other day, and it's getting out of control, you know. <laughs> In Luke 4.18, it says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Amen. See, we need the anointing of God on the preaching and things happen. Things change. And here at the bare minimum At the bare minimum, when the anointing is on the preaching, it will cause you to lose temptation. The temptation that the devil wants to ensnare you with, the temptation that he wants to lure you out of the will of God, to lure you into addictions, to lure you into sin. When you get the preaching of the word of God, that temptation, it is crushed, it's squashed, it is blown up. Amen? That's one of the minimum things that happens. And when you lose that temptation, you start to make the right decisions. You start to position yourself around the right people so that that temptation, you're not surrounded by it. Amen? It says, He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And to preach deliverance to the captives. Folks, I, wanna, I, wanna, I highlighted that for you. Do you see that? It says, preach deliverance to the captives. That tells me that Jesus Christ himself said this when he stood up in the temple. He was saying, how do folks get delivered? Someone asked me the other day, they said, oh, do you have a deliverance ministry? They asked my wife that. Do you have a deliverance ministry? I said, yeah, come to church. See, they want, they, they, this is what they want. This is what, and it's okay. I don't want to mock it. This is what they want. They want to come to, first of all, they don't want to tithe. They don't want to commit to a church. They don't want a pastor. They don't want to be faithful. They don't want to come every Sunday. This is what they want. They want someone to come up here, speak in tongues for 10 seconds, splash some anointing oil on them, no inconvenience, lay hands on them, boom, delivered, that's it, go home. Just like McDonald's. <laughs> they want a drive through deliverance. And, 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 and folks, God does that. Okay, look, God does that sometimes. But if you expect God, to deliver you the way you want to be delivered rather than the way he wants to deliver you, then that there is the problem. The same thing happened with Gehazi when Elijah told him to drip, to drip, to drop, to go into the Jordan River seven times and dunk in the water in the dirty, nasty, filthy, uh, nasty uh, uh, river. Seven times. And he, he was so full of himself and so proud, he said, no, no, I'm not doing that. And, and he was going to miss his deliverance because he wanted to be delivered the way he wanted to be delivered. God is not uh, on our schedule of the way things that are happening. Yeah, maybe, maybe you don't want to come up front and the pastor to lay hands on you, and maybe that's how God's going to deliver you. No, he ain't delivering you from the preaching. He's not delivering you. From your faithfulness, from your tithes and offerings, from all your, no, he wants you to come up and have, see, God is going to do what you don't want him to do because he's going to test your faith and he's going to do his things his way, but it is a way that God operates is that he delivers from the preaching. There's something that... And it, folks, I get it. It might not happen the first service. See, this is the thing. Do you think the devil is going to tempt you just one day? You just go to one church service and boom, deliver? No, folks, you need daily bread. And it's in that daily bread that the deliverance comes. There are some things that God delivered from me instantly. And there are other things that God delivered slowly. Amen? But it's through... The preaching to the captives. Amen. Look, it says to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. 2021 is the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. Right in and- the This of the time that they're telling us not to gather 10 or more. When they're telling us that we can't come to church. When they're telling us to shut everything down. Open the bars. Open the strip clubs. Open the abortion clinics. But the church, (gasps) shut it down. It's bad. Amen. 2021 is the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. And look at what it says. It says to preach Deliverance to the captives, recover sight to the blind, set at liberty them that are bruised. There are people that are bruised from life. Life is going to throw you some bruises, and you need deliverance from that bruise. That word of God will heal the heart, it will heal the mind, it will heal the soul. The word of God is powerful than any two-edged sword. You can't tell me that it won't heal that bruise. Yes, it will. It will heal that bruise. Folks, we get beat up. We get beat up from all angles. Uh, We're we're working on a new podcast. We just did Newlywed Podcast. We're going to be doing a new podcast called uh, Christians at Work. Amen. Christians at Work. Oh, man, I'll I'll, I'll praise myself on that one. Praise the Lord on that one. Christians at work, oh, man, talk about getting your lumps in, amen. Your boss is going to get it to you. Your customer is going to give it to you. They don't care nothing about your anointing and the Holy Ghost and the Word of God. The demons are coming, amen. You're going to get some bruises at work. Folks, that's why we need to stay under the preaching of God, the anointing preaching of God. There's healing and deliverance that takes place. It's awesome. We need to walk in deliverance because of our anointing. The reason why I want to do that podcast about Christians at work, see, when you're anointed and you have the Holy Spirit, you don't think the devils know that? Look, if you put on some jupe cologne or polo cologne, people know that in the natural. Well, if you put on the anointing of God, you don't think they smell that just like they smell the polo cologne? They smell it more. You ever seen the, uh, the older folks, they put too much of that, um, what is that, that old spice. You ever seen someone, man, they don't know when to quit. A little dabble, do you, but they, like my grandpa, God rest his soul, bless his heart. He was an Italian man, you know, but he didn't know when to quit with the old spice. You know, he was just about shy of doing shots of the old spice. I mean, man, he was just going at it. I mean, you would just like boom, boom. It was like you could smell him in a different zip code. And you don't think the same thing happens when you have that anointing of God dripping all over you, the anointing of God, the devil smells you in another zip code. They know you're coming. You see, because you don't walk like the rest of the world because you're delivered, you're set free. See, when you get delivered and set free, God will start using you to deliver and set free other folks. Because he don't, look, Harriet Tubman, you know the story of Harriet Tubman. She was a slave, right? She was a captive, and she was a slave because of her race, really because they could get a free labor off of her. But here's the thing. She was a slave, and when she got free... She didn't just use her own freedom and say, oh, it's time to go on a cruise and go on a vacation and spend the rest of my life uh, thinking about me, myself, and I. No, when Harriet Tubman got free, she went back into the enemy's camp. Do you see that? She went back to deliver the prisoners of war. She went back to rescue the slaves, and she was uh, responsible for delivering thousands of slaves into freedom. You see, is it not the same thing as Christians when we're called of God, that when we get set free, we go back into the enemy's camp and take back what the devil stole? Not only in your life, but in other people's lives. See, God called us to set the captives free through the word of God, through the preaching, through the anointing. I want to talk to you today about deliverance to the captives. We need to walk in deliverance because of our anointing. Uh, The book of Daniel 6, 3, it says, Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the princesses because an excellent spirit was in him. In other words, Daniel had the anointing. Amen. And what did that anointing cause? Because he had the anointing, did everyone want to praise him? Did everyone want to high-five him? Did everyone want his autograph? Did everyone invite him over for dinner? No, folks, when you have an excellent spirit, when you have the anointing in you, it's going to cause others to envy you. It's going to cause others to be jealous of you. There's, see, what, misery loves company. When, you, when, you're, when you're satisfied in God and you're walking away, around with peace and joy, And you got a demon-possessed person, you don't think that they're disturbed by that. I remember having a pottery class in college at Tri-C. I was doing a pottery class. And because I have the excellent spirit in me, I have the Holy Spirit in me, I was happy. I was joyful through it all, through the good, the bad, the ugly, through the fiery darts, through the good times, the bad times, I remained joyful. And through the joy, I could not contain it. I purposely tried not to preach. I purposely tried not to talk about God, but it was like fire shut up in my bones. And it came out through the, the, the version of whistling. And I started whistling, and there was so much joy in my whistling, it bothered other people. Now, I might not sound like Deacon Frederick, ready to cut a track and make a CD because of my whistling talent, but I was whistling because I was excited, and the people around me were miserable, and my whistling bothered them. It bothered them. See, people don't want you to have an excellent spirit if they have an unexcellent spirit. It says, because an excellent spirit was in him, the king thought to set him over the whole realm. You see that? When you have the Holy Spirit and God will promote you, he will put you in a position where you could be used. Amen? Amen? It says that the king thought to put him over the whole realm and, and then the presidents and the princesses sought to find an occasion against Daniel. You see that because of your anointing, you're going to need some deliverance because the enemy is going to try to put snares. In fact, he's going to put snares. And sometimes God is going to allow you to be taken back captive. Amen. And there's a reason for that. We're going to get into that a little bit. It says, then the presidents and the princes sought to find an occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could not find an occasion nor fault. See, there are a lot of folks that will say, oh, God doesn't have a a way for us to live without sin. God doesn't have a way for us to live holy. What scripture is that? See, Daniel was without fault. Why was he without fault? Because he had, did he do it on his own? Was it because he was so awesome by himself without God? No, he did it because he had an excellent spirit. That same excellent spirit can live in you and I, and we too could be without fault. But here's the thing. The devil doesn't need a legitimate fault. He'll just make one up. If he can't find one against you, he'll just make one up. He'll start twisting reality. And so look at what, what happens here. It says the, they saw an occasion, but they could not find a, a, a fault. It says, for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Which there was no fault in the law of God. They just had to start making rules like prohibiting people from doing the things of God. Does this sound familiar? You see, the devil's tactics have not changed. We need to walk in deliverance because of our anointing. It says in uh, 6.10, it says, Now Daniel, he knew that the writing was signed. And he went into his house, and his windows being opened in his chambers toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day, prayed, gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. In other words, Daniel, even though they started passing laws, prohibiting him from praying, prohibiting him from from worshiping God, prohibiting him from serving God, even though they started passing laws, he did exactly what he always did. Does any of this sound anything familiar? And I could see all the, the, the folks going up to Daniel, well, Romans 13 says misquoting it, twisting it. Well, Romans 13 says that uh, all, you see what I'm saying? What do you think Daniel would have said if they would have quoted Romans 13? Well, he would have said it didn't exist back then. (laughs) (laughs) It says, these men assembled and found Daniel praying, making supplications before his God. What about if you were in that situation and they told you you couldn't come to church? Would they still find you in church serving God? Would they still find you praising God with your whole heart as you did before? True deliverance comes from the hands of God, not us. I don't care how anointed anyone thinks that they are. I don't care how much of the Holy Ghost they think they have. Or they actually do have. It is still not us that delivers. It is God. It doesn't matter your title. It doesn't matter your position. It doesn't matter how rich or poor you are, old or young. It doesn't matter if you could quote the whole Bible from Revelation to Genesis back and forth, backwards, forwards, sidewards, up, ways down, uh, in and out. It doesn't matter. It's still going to come from the hands of God. I don't care how many tongues you can speak in. I don't care how many gifts you got. I don't care how anointed you are, how powerful you are. It's always God, it ain't you. Because just like Saul uh, started to being led away from God, the Bible says that God's spirit left Saul. Amen. Amen? And when his spirit left him, so did the power. You see, so I I learned that in God, if we want to stay delivered and deliver other people, we also have to stay humble. You see, everything in God operates through humility. The moment that we get lifted up in pride, we start to stray away from God. And sometimes, folks, because of the anointed, they start taking credit for what God is doing. And there is a dangerous ground for that to be happening in Amen? True deliverance comes from the hands of God, not us. And Daniel 6.14, it says, Now then the king, when he had heard these words, was sore displeased with himself. See, the king was trapped by his, uh, his workers. The people that he had in his corner, they, they, they trapped him, they tricked him. They they, they tricked him into passing laws that was going to attack Daniel, who he loved. He liked Daniel. You see, the enemy can cause you to put captive or ensnare people that you love. That's why I pray, Lord, don't let the devil use me. Because just when you think that the devil can't use you, that's when he's got you. It says, then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. You see that the king had to pass the law he passed the law to put da- uh, whoever uh, started to pray, whoever started to worship God within the next three months or amount of time, whoever did it and violated it, it was his duty or law that he passed that he agreed to to put them in the lion's den. and he was a victim of his own law. There are a lot of people in 2020 that passed ungodly laws. They passed laws against pastors, against the church, telling people that they can't worship and sing in church, telling them that they can't. There are a lot of people that passed laws. Those same laws that they tried to bring forth, the Bible says God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that will he reach. A lot of things were done behind the scenes because of the love of money. And they're going to have to give an account. But Dan, this king right here, he repented of what he did. It says, he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. And these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, no, O king. Uh, That the law of Medes and Persians is that no decree, no statute with the king established may be changed. This man, he did everything he could to deliver Daniel. He stayed up all night, even as a king. I, I would imagine he had all kinds of laborers. He probably had all kinds of people at his side to help him. And even with all his money, even with all his fame, even with all his resources, he could not deliver someone that he wanted to. I got to tell you, it's the same way with us. We might not need deliverance directly ourselves. We might have a family member that needs delivered, And I come to tell you that all your might, all your power, you can't do it on your own. But with the hand of God, his hand is mighty and all powerful. He is able to deliver. Folks. Be encouraged, because if he could deliver someone like me, he could deliver whoever you believe wants to be delivered, needs to be delivered. When Satan uses natural laws to trap us, God uses supernatural laws to deliver us. I'm going to tell you right now, it doesn't matter how many natural laws they put in White House to oppress the church and to change the laws and the rules and the way that the culture has been going. They could use all the demonic influence that they got, and God still has supernatural laws to bypass every single one of them. They can put out laws for abortion and and gay marriage and all types of wicked things. God still has supernatural laws to override all that. God has the power to stop everything that man puts forth. God's ways, there is nothing, there's no law, no man, that any person can do to block God. Let me put it to you that way. Keep your faith. And Daniel 6.20, it says, And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice, Unto Daniel, and the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver? Our God is able to deliver us continually. It doesn't matter how many fiery attacks come from the devil. It doesn't matter how many traps he has, how many snares. God is able to continually deliver us. The king said, oh, Daniel, I've been up all night. I did everything in my power to deliver you, but I failed. See, sometimes God will let us fail in our attempts to help other people so that they see that their deliverance is not going to come from us. But it's going to come from God. Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth that they have not hurt me. For as much as before him innocence was found in me and also before the king, O king, have I done no hurt. Then King Darius wrote unto all the people, nations, languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is a living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom that which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall be even unto the end. He delivereth. And he rescueth, and he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and earth, and has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. But i got to tell you, what if Daniel would have quoted Romans 13? What if he would have said, well, you know, the government told me that I can't go to church anymore. See, sometimes God is looking for some Christians to stand up in the face of persecution. Some Christians to stand up in the face of the enemy. Because I got to tell you, any law is only as good that it lines up with the word of God. And the moment that the laws and the government starts to go against God's word, we have to make a choice. We have to make a decision. And i got to tell you that even if you stand up and even if the enemy ensnares you and uses the government to persecute you because that's the direction that we're going. Even the lukewarm is going under persecution and we're going in that direction. But even when that happens, you need to know that he is able to deliver the captives. Amen. He is able to set you free. Yeah. Our deliverance comes from giving our attention and looking at the right source. You see that? Look to the right source. I will never declare to you that I am the source of deliverance. I didn't deliver myself, nor can I deliver you. However, God can use me. He can use me. He can operate through me. But it is still never me. And he can use you too, if he chooses. The Bible says, Acts 3.3, it says, When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked and straight at him, as did John, and Peter said, look at us. You see, we have also this church, we have this uh, prosperity preaching message, and then we have... A poverty message. And I always say I'm not a prosperity preacher, but I'm not a poverty preacher. And sometimes those that are consumed with the prosperity message, they look at everything that has to do with money. And what they're doing is they're glorifying money and not glorifying God. And see, God doesn't need money to do great things. Usually money is just an instrument to test your faith. You see, some folks don't give tithes and offerings because they don't have the faith to do it. They don't yet believe that God is able to bless the the, the 90% more than the 100%. They don't believe that. And they don't have faith. So it's not about the money. But here's the thing. God doesn't need money to do great things. And this man that was bound, he was a captive, he was handicapped, he was disabled, he was bound all his whole life. The only help that he knew of was the help of a handout. All he knew to do was beg. But he was begging for the wrong thing. There's nothing wrong with begging as long as you're begging the Lord for deliverance. But when you start begging man for something that's temporal, then you start missing what God can really do. And I find it really interesting that Peter had to tell the beggar, to look at him. Do you see that? He said, look at me. Because the beggar wasn't even looking at the source of who was going to heal him. He was looking down. See, sometimes have you ever came across someone and they wouldn't look you in the eyes? They would just look down because they were embarrassed. They were humiliated. They were ashamed of their circumstance. They were ashamed of their condition. And they didn't even have enough uh, dignity to look you in the eyes. And they, he, this beggar didn't look him in the eyes because he didn't realize that he was going to be the instrument of his healing. He was looking for a handout. He was looking for a temporal fix. See, God has so much more than that for us. You see someone posted the other day uh on facebook that they were looking for a new bmw they're, they're, they this is this is where their mind capped it well god i want god to give me a new bmw and as soon as i saw that i said god can make you own the bmw store and you be the one giving out bmws see we cap. We have a cap in our mind. and I, let's, let's take it down to earth to what happened to me. I remember driving down Pearl Road, and there was a building on Wichita where my grandma used to live, on Wichita Avenue in Pearl. And there was a, a building over there that went for sale. And I remember driving by the building, and I said, I wonder if God can give me that building for our church. And the moment that I said that, I wonder if, if I wonder if God could give me that building for our church. Immediately God convicted me. And I almost cried and I said, oh Lord, forgive me. What do you mean I wonder if God, God owns everything. He could give you whatever he wants to give you. It's according to your faith. And then, not only did God not give me that, he gave he gave. he has better. See, God has better stored than what you could even calibrate in your mind. And see, this beggar, all he could think of was a little handout so that he can continue in the way that he's only known. He's only known being handicapped. He's only known being disabled. He never knew a better way. He didn't know that that was on the table. He didn't know that that was an option until he ran across an anointed man of God who operated and delivered deliverance, and he said, look at me. Stop looking at your problems. Look at me. Stop looking at the disease. Look at me. Stop looking at your shortcomings. Look at me. Stop looking at your disability and your shame and your fears and your insecurities and your worries. Look at me. Because I'm getting ready to do something right now that will change you the rest of your life. So the man gave them his attention. That was his first step in total deliverance. You see, some folks don't want to give God their attention. They want to uh, watch uh, church services online. They want to uh, uh, listen to podcasts whenever they want to. They don't want to give God their undivided attention. See, we live in a day right now where the devil is attacking your attention. You got. TV, radio, cell phones. you got your mind going in so many different directions that you're not giving God your attention. And the things that you're looking for online, the things that you're looking for on the cell phone, the things that you're looking for in Facebook is right in Jesus. The devil wants to steal your attention. The Bible says, so the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. You see that God can deliver you even past your own expectations. You see, a lot of times people will say, well, you're going to get according to your expectation. God, can, God don't care about your expectation. He likes to blow your mind. He likes to do things that you can't even imagine. He likes to have you set a bar a certain way and God says, I'm going to go above and beyond. Do you know our God? He expected to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. I could see the prosperity preachers, well, you know, who are you? You don't have no silver and gold. I came here on a gold jet with gator shoes and a silk suit, and you don't have no silver and gold. You ain't serving God. Supposing that godliness is gain. Peter said, silver and gold have I none. He said, but what I have, I give unto thee. And he said, rise up and walk. And that man from that point was delivered. His whole life will never be the same. See, God has one word from you that can deliver you and change your life that you will never be the same ever again. But it's according to where is your attention? Where are you looking? And who are you looking to? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk taking him by the right hand he helped him up instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong he jumped on his feet and began to walk and he went to them into the temple and the courts walking and jumping praising god how far away from this bible verse has the church gotten with all the fear-driven tactics see we're not going to operate like that i refuse. We still have to stand on God's word, that he is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I don't care if we're the last church on earth standing on God's word. Now, please hear my heart. I don't want to rebel against the government. I don't want to be rebellious. I'm not looking just to balk against the system. I'm not... Insecure in a way that i'm just trying to do the opposite of what i'm I don't need fact if you know me I can submit like nobody I I submitted when I worked at burger king to my boss making minimum wage and I submitted good If they told me to wash my hands flip burgers put put masks out whatever they told me to do gloves I did everything. I was a good employee Because I, i i'm able to submit You see that it's not i'm not i don't have nothing to prove But I'm not able to submit when it takes me away from God. That's where we have a problem. We have the power to intercede on the behalf of those taken captive. Folks, I'm going to be closing soon. So I'm going to ask for your attention to get what the getting is good while it's still good. We have power to intercede on behalf of those that are taken captive. See, a lot of folks, they strictly don't go to church because they feel like they're good and they don't need it. Maybe so. But God wants you to go to church on behalf of other people. Because by you going to church, God can intercede on someone else that needs intercession. See, God called us to intercede on other people. You might be sitting in your seat and everything's hunky-dory. But you might have some friend or family that God wants you to be an intercessor for. And so sometimes we don't go to church because we don't believe that God is able to deliver And we don't believe that God is able to intercede through us to deliver someone else. You see, there was a time where my grandma had stage four cancer and the doctor from Metro told me she had one month to live and she was going to die, guaranteed, because it was so invasive. And, and instead of me staying at home and cowering to what the words of the doctor said, I took myself to church and other Christians persecuted me for not staying at home with my grandma, saying that I was insensitive and I was selfish and I was religious. But here's the thing, I went to church to intercede the yeah. From my grandma and when I went back home I prayed in the attic on Wichita Avenue on Pearl Road in old Brooklyn I was up in the attic praying for my grandma and God took me into a vision in a, a, a trance state while I was praying for her. and I saw the black smoke leave my grandma and God spoke to me and said that she's healed and I ran down there and I told her that she was healed I told the doctor from Metro that she was healed and he cussed me out and then she went to Metro the next day and they couldn't find find any sign of cancer you see God wants to use us to intercede and and here's the thing there was times where I laid hands on my wife's aunt in the Philippines I was in the Philippines and she had cancer and God healed my grandma first I want you to see the order God healed my grandma of cancer first and I I had faith that she would be healed but how much faith do do you think I had after God healed her my faith went to the moon you understand that i was like wow god is a healer a deliverer so i had a muscle man he man amount of faith and i took it to the philippines and we went over and i saw my uh my uh in-law my uh aunt-in-law my wife's aunt and she had she was holding on this little rope thing and all the family was her. and i said i'm gonna lay hands on you and i'm gonna trust that that cancer is gonna be healed and a week to two weeks later, after I laid hands and I prayed for her, she died. She died. You see, deliverance doesn't come from our hands. It's not about how much faith we have or don't have. God, sometimes he's gonna do what he's gonna do. You can pray, you can do all your things, but here's the thing, that's okay. My pastor used to say this, that God will heal either taking the cancer out of the body or he'll take you out of the body. But he'll heal you however he chooses. See, God does things in ways that might not go with our agenda, but I still believe in the faith that God has the power to heal. Amen? We have the power to intercede on behalf of those that are taken captive. Matthew 15, it says, And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David, that my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Amen? She didn't go to church for herself. She didn't go to Jesus for herself. She didn't need deliverance for herself. She loved her daughter. Her daughter was vexed with the devil. Jesus didn't lay hands on her. He didn't anoint her with oil. He didn't even come and visit her. Just by his words, he spoke. But he did it off of the the intercession. Of that mother, do you believe that God is still able to intercede off of you? The Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out to the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord. Thou son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with a devil, but answereth her not a word. When is the last time you went to an altar call for prayer? Pastor, anoint me with oil, heal me, deliver me. And the pastor looked at you, And didn't say a word. And walked away. You ain't seen that type of deliverance. Because you know what would happen? That Pastor Joseph is a false prophet. He don't have no love. He don't have no power. I went up there for prayer. He had the audacity to walk away from me. He couldn't even just told me something that I wanted to hear. You see, getting delivered in God doesn't go down the way that you see happening in all the churches now. You see, there's a lot of hocus pocus, mammy jammy, uh, floof floof, but I, I'm not into that. I believe it all. I, look, it's, it's no extension of my faith to believe that. It's nothing. But I'm into the genuine, I want to see something happen. You see what I'm saying? I want to see, I want to watch things happen. Not just pretend and fake and phony. I'm not into any of that. Because that's not what God did for me. He genuinely delivered me. So I know the real deal, so I expect the real deal to take place. But I also expect that God is going to do things in his way and in his time, not the cookie cutter way that we might be accustomed to in certain religions or denominations. You see that this woman, she came with expectations, she came with faith, she came with humility, she came to the right source, and then she got shot down. Do you hear me? Oh, Lord, son of David, even respected him. She didn't be like, dude, oh, home slice. She said, oh, Lord. Thou son of David. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him. Do you see what's special about this deliverance right here? Is the person that has the power to tell you no is usually the person that has the power to tell you yes. Because there are a lot of people that they'll only tell you yes and they'll never tell you no because they don't have no power. No, never mind. So they might as well just tell you, yes, what do you want? It's like Burger King. Hey, put your list in here. You see, Jesus has the power to tell us no. But he also has the power to tell us yes. See, only someone with true power has the ability to say yes or no. But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. Uh, But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel deliverance is granted when we are desperate and determined in jesus you see a lot of folks they only pick and choose churches that meet all their checklists i have people email me all the time i just had someone email me oh do you have a teenager group and a children's group and an adult group and do you have all these different women's ministry i said no we don't got any of that we just got jesus is jesus enough or do you need everything else under the sun to get what god has for you or do i have to bend over backwards and i got to roll up one leg and push up one sleeve and do everything the way you say I should do it in order for God to be moved. No, the devil's a liar. I'm going to do what God told me to do. I'm not here to meet your checklist and uh, make you feel good and do everything. No. Then, 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 You know what my response to her, to that email? She's like, we got 19 people that are going to come to your church. Uh, you know what my response was? Nothing. Not a word. I didn't even respond back to her. I never emailed her back. I left her hanging. Amen? Go, go do your thing. Go, go find all what you want to find. But we got to do what God is leading us to do. Amen? Deliverance is granted when we are determined and desperate in Jesus. In other words, do you want it bad enough that even if you're told no, do you want it bad enough? Are you that desperate? Because i got to tell you, anytime God delivered me from drugs and alcohol, my deliverance didn't come from one request. It came because I was on my hands and knees and I was crying and tears were pouring out of my eyes and I didn't care who saw. I wasn't ashamed. I wanted to get free. I wanted to get deliverance. And that's where it took place. It wasn't this clean uh, image of everything being done a certain way. There was no keyboard player when I got delivered. Would have been nice. If there'd have been some angelic keyboard music in the background as the deliverance was taking place, would have been nice. There was nothing. There was no uh, angelic harps and uh, flowers and uh, uh, feathers falling from the air and glitter in the sky and strobe lights uh, going off when I got delivered. Folks, you can have all that because if you got all that and you don't get delivered, then what? You just got entertained? See, we don't need entertainment. We need deliverance. Then she came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not me to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Now, I looked at this in a different way. Out of all the times I've read this Bible verse and even preached on it, it is now that I've seen something. You see, it wasn't so much that Jesus was calling her a dog, He was simply making a point that this healing, this deliverance is reserved for God's children. And it's not who you're called, it's who you answer to. Are you going to agree that you're just a dog? Or are you going to agree that you're a child of God? And what she did is she didn't get mad. Imagine you going up to the altar asking for prayer and the pastor ignores you and then you pursue it and he says "Uh, we don't give healing to the dogs. Now how many people do you know would never go back to that church ever again and they would read all, all types of reviews and nasty comments on Facebook about that church? Do you see the level of humility and desperate? She didn't care what she was called She didn't care about the shame. She didn't care about what it looked like. She wasn't on an ego trip. She was so hungry and so desperate. She was not going to leave the presence of Jesus until she got her request met. She was ignored. The disciples came against her said, send her away. Could you imagine going to a church and you have a a demand, you want to get delivered, you have someone dying in the hospital, you have someone at home, uh, uh, demon possessed, and you go into a church, you ask for prayer, the pastor ignores you. After the pastor ignores you, the rest of the church tries to send you home. You're not wanted in this church. You endure all of that, and you still push forward to get your request made. And then the pastor says, but the dogs are not entitled to this type of deliverance. And then you push past that. And you say, yes, Lord. You keep your reverence for God. You keep your demands. You keep your hunger, you keep your humility, and you say, yes, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. When she said that, her deliverance came. You see that you have the right to the children's healing, but how bad do you want to use that right? How hungry are you for it? Because God is not forcing his healings. He's not forcing his deliverance on anybody. He's reserving it to those who really want it. I'm gonna come up here and I'm gonna do an altar call and offer prayer for whoever wants prayer. In a little bit. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. No matter how much society changes, our great commission never changes. Amen? In other words, what God called us to do, it has not changed. It doesn't matter who's in the White House. It doesn't matter who's in the poorhouse. Our commission remains the same. In Mark 16, 15, it says, And he said unto them, Go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. So right now, I'm going to ask for those of you that want to receive deliverance for yourself or on behalf of someone else, I'm going to ask that you start to come up to the altar, and I'm going to lay hands on you and pray, and we're going to trust that God is going to do great things. In Mark 16, 17, it says, And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils, They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. To flow through the bones of the woman of God. We pray for fire, fire in the name of Jesus, fire to take place, fire. Fire! Fire! you Christian Church, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Um, there was a he has sent me to Lord, heal Facebook. the broken hearted hearted and to preach deliverance. Yeah. The Let no man deceive you of by any blind. means, for the day shall so not come, except there come a falling away first.